Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Zan Pazuki, who's the managing director and CEO of Matador Mining, um, who are ASX listed junior um, exploration company who are exploring for high grade gold um, and have two assets, uh, the Cape Grade Gold and a Hermitage project in Newfoundland. Um, Sam has over 20 years uh, mining industry experience in senior leadership positions. Um, where you've uh, advised major mining companies, including BHP, as a management consultant with Ernest & Young's advisory services practice. Um, and more recently, he's been senior vice president and corporate development with Oceana Gold uh, before taking the helm at Matador. Um, he's here today to give us an update on the company, um, what the current junior exploration market, uh, what's happening in the junior exploration market, um, and obviously the outlook of, uh, of Matador uh, mining. So that's welcome, Sam, to the podcast. How are you doing, Sam? Yeah, doing well, Rob. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good for a uh, last day of uh, January, as we're as yeah. this now. So uh, those that month has gone very, very, very quickly, um, and hopefully everyone's back at work and uh, raring to go for 2024. So, um, yeah, so I wonder if you can just tell us a little bit about your your career, about your background. Obviously, I just made a, a quick summary there, um, but I wondered, yeah, if you can just tell us a little bit about your career um, from maybe when you graduated to sort of present day. Yeah, not a problem, Rob, and it's it's great to be back on the podcast. Um, I think the last time I did this was was a few years ago, wearing a different uniform. So it's great to be back here and and uh, good to be uh, talking to you today. Uh, yeah, so I graduated uh, not too long ago, I'd like to think, uh, from uh, engineering. So I'm a mechanical engineer. Uh, I started my career in the energy industry uh, with a, what today is a $100 billion market cap company in Canada, uh, one of the largest uh, pipeline downstream um, energy providers in North America. <clears throat> I, I was there for several years, eight to be specific, in various roles uh, from engineering to business development, asset management, etc. cetera. Uh, from there, I moved over to EY as a management consultant, as, as you pointed out, and um, helping oil and gas companies, uh, given my experience in the industry, but uh, also my sort of my, my entry point into helping mining companies with various um, engagements they, they, they had on the go with EY. Uh, so that really introduced me to the mining industry, helping a number of different uh, mining companies, uh, gold, copper, uh, multi-metal uh, companies through various initiatives that they had. The big one was BHP, as you pointed out. Uh, they were setting up the Janssen project in Saskatchewan. Uh, there'll be a spelling test for you, Rob, after this on uh, on spelling Saskatchewan. But um, yeah, that was a, a massive project, a potash project, which they were getting up off the ground and helping them through sort of project setting up project management frameworks and portfolio portfolio management frameworks. Uh, so from there, uh, I moved on to Oceana Gold, what uh, was a half a billion dollar market cap company 
with a couple assets in New Zealand uh, and a project in the Philippines. Uh, I was there for 10 years, uh, initially with in, as, as uh, investor relations, and then moved on into a much larger portfolio, uh, which, which captured corporate development. And uh, upon my exit from Oceana Gold, um, we were, I think, about a, almost a $2 billion market cap company uh, with, with those projects built, uh, a couple acquisitions under our belt, uh, and uh, a significant gold producer in the space. So my time at Oceana was 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 great. I really enjoyed that experience, uh, but I was ready to move on. And you know, for me, uh, I wasn't just looking to move on. It it had to be the right opportunity. Uh, even prior to this role with Matador, uh, there were a number of roles that were presented to me by recruiters. Uh, none of them really were of of great interest to me to to push me away from Oceana. Uh, but when when they when I got the call about you know a CEO role with Matador. Um, it looked like a really interesting opportunity, not so much about being CEO. I didn't care about that um, aspect of, of sort of pushing my career into a CEO MD role. It was more about the opportunity that presented itself with Matador. And you know, I'm glad you asked me a question about my career, because when I look back at the different roles that I had, uh, almost every single one of them was going into a situation where they were looking to get a new thing uh, off the ground and running, You know, whether it was Enbridge, whether it's EY, Oceano, smaller company, bigger company. Um, it was. It's always to grow something, and that's that's kind of what I always enjoy doing. It's going uh, in early, and really growing something into a meaningful business. And what better way to do that than go into the world of junior exploration, where you know you're looking for the big discovery, you're looking for becoming the next big producer and being the next company. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to just tell us a little bit about uh, Matador Mining. Um, and also, you've worked, obviously worked for bigger companies. How has your first sort of um, period of time been as the CEO working for a junior miner as opposed to working for some of the, the bigger players in our mining industry? Yeah, my timing was perfect, Rob. I mean, I came in right where the downturn happened for the junior exploration space, right? So... Um, yeah, it's been challenging for the last 18 months that I've been here. Uh, the market has been un unforgiving, unfavorable uh, to the mining industry in general, depending on the commodity. Um, obviously, for, for a while there, lithium was doing well, uranium is doing well now. You know, the gold price is strong. You know, we've seen record highs for gold, but the gold equities haven't, haven't performed. There. there doesn't seem to be a lot of love at the moment uh, for gold equities, uh, but it's a cyclical. Things will catch up. Um, and because there's, you know, not a lot of love for gold uh, equities at the, you know, from a producer perspective, you know, whether it's a major producer, intermediate or small producer, the junior exploration gets even less love. Um, you know, money trickles down. And if money's not going in at the top, it's not coming down. Uh, you need to have a real special story, uh, which matters or does. And, it's, and it is a unique story. And we've been able to raise funds. Uh, but to going from a producer, which is, I call it the friendly confines of a revenue generator, to you know the you know down in the in the mining industry where we we require the capital markets to to fund our business it's a significant change it's um you know it's not a, just an incremental change it's a significant change uh, but it's been a wonderful experience uh, in some ways it feels like i i haven't been here for 18 months that i've been here for 10 years and in some ways it feels that i've been here uh, i just got here so um, yeah, that's that's the part that is is really interesting. It feels like it's been you know a short amount of time. It also feels like a long amount of time. 
Um, and as my wife reminds me, I've got a few more grays uh, in the last 18 months. Uh, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it, uh, despite, you know, the headwinds. Uh, again, we've got something, I think, pretty special uh, with significant shareholders that support us. And, you know, we're out there looking for the next big deposit in the jurisdiction that's been relatively uh, underexplored. Yeah, I think I asked you two questions there. Um, but yeah, if you can just tell us a little bit about uh, Matador Mining as a company. Yeah, so Matador, you know, the best way I can describe it is, you know, what what actually drew me to Matador? You know, why, why did they leave the friendly confines of generating revenue to something that wasn't? Um, when I when we were at Oceana, or sorry, when I was at Oceana, uh, one of the things we were looking for in terms of M&A opportunities uh, were projects or assets that were in in districts. Um, you know, it's a, you know, you get a competitive advantage where it's not just the one mine, but you can have a potential for a series of mines in a, in a, in a district and preferably in a district, nobody, uh, nobody else was there. So you had a first mover advantage. So when I looked at Matador, I mean, it ticked a lot of boxes for me, uh, in we're you know, we're in Newfoundland, Newfoundland, even though it's in Canada is, as I just mentioned, significantly underexplored. Uh, there's only Marathon Gold, which is now caliber mining uh, after the completion of their acquisition uh, on the actual island of, of Newfoundland. And just down the uh, the belt from Calib what is now caliber, Matador occupies 120 kilometers of continuous strike. So the big box that was tipped for me is that this Matador, what we have is district scale. We've got a district scale land package on the largest gold structure that's you know significantly underexplored, right? Uh, down from um, uh, from a five million ounce deposit. Uh, Matador has a small resource, six hundred and ten thousand ounces, uh, grading at two grams. Uh, the style of mineralization on this structure, whether it's us or Caliber, uh, it's it's shallow mineralization, so it's very open pitable, uh, and that's exactly what uh, what Matador has. Uh, we've got another project, as you mentioned in the intro, called Hermitage, which sits on a structure that's akin to what you would see in in uh, Eastern Australia in the Victorian gold fields, uh, Bendigo, Fosterville, uh, and that too is significantly underexplored. Uh, there was a few majors looking for base metals in uranium back in the uh, 80s and 90s, uh, but nobody was looking for gold, and we think we've got something pretty incredible there as well. Um, for a junior exploration company, we've got uh, one of the best, I consider one of the best boards. Uh, the quality of the board is something that you would see with a producer. Uh, we've got Justin Osborne, who's our chair. He's ex-Gold Road, ex-Goldfields uh, with Gold Road. And they made the big Gruyere discovery, which is now an 8 to 10 million ounce deposit in Western Australia. Uh, Nikki Atchabell, uh, who serves on a number of different boards today. She's former buy side with Sun Valley Gold, uh, sell side as well. And, and, and she's run mining companies. Uh, and Kerry Sparks, who um, is from Newfoundland, he lives in St. John's. Uh, he's ex-Franco, Nevada. Uh, he's involved in any anything Pierre Lassonde is involved with. Kerry's right there. Uh, Kerry founded Orla Mining, uh, which is a one and a half billion dollar market cap company now. So took it from zero to what it what it is today. Uh, so incredible pedigree on uh, with the, with the board, uh, which was very unique when I was looking at the opportunity. Uh, and then finally, when you look at um, when you look at uh, you know how exploration is done globally, uh, there's been Canada is obviously a mining jurisdiction, as is Australia. Uh, but typically, what I've learned, you know, during my days at Oceana, but also with Matador, is that um, the exploration geologists tend to look for things that have some sort of surface showing, some sort of outcrop. 
uh, one of the reasons why Newfoundland is underexplored is that there's a lot of cover. There isn't a lot of outcrop. And where there is an outcrop, there's a resource. We've got one caliber as the other, and there's a couple other companies that are exploring around outcrops. So what's what's the differentiator? You know, How are you going to be able to make big discoveries um, when there's a lot of cover? And so we've, Matador has adopted a, a, a hybrid approach to exploration, bringing in sort of the techniques used in Australia with base of till sampling, bottom of hole sampling, and marrying that with Canadian approach to exploration, which involves a lot of prospecting, mapping, uh, and obviously the, you know, the big lie detector is the, the diamond drill, the rotary lie detector, it's called. So um, our approach to exploration is, is world-class. It's unique. No one else in Newfoundland does it the way we do it. And I think that's a big differentiator. Uh, and that's Matador, Rob, and that's a big reason. These are big reasons why I came over to um, uh, to to run the company. Yeah, great. Um, obviously, now you're in the world of uh, junior exploration. Um, what are your general thoughts, like I said, coming from a big company into the junior exploration space? Um, and I suppose anyone that's listening that may be working for some of the larger organizations, um, maybe put off going into the junior exploration space just because maybe it's an unknown to them or it could be really difficult how would you how, what advice would you would you give them if they were considering to move into the junior space yeah it's uh it definitely is a different world I and mean, it's it's not working for a producer <clears throat> again you don't have the the revenue coming in you need the capital markets um i was you know, we've got very strong shareholders. And one of the things that I knew we needed when we when I got here was good shareholders who understand exploration, who who know that it does take time to make discoveries. You it requires patience. There are risks. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a zero or a one game. Um, and they gotta be comfortable that it could be zero. Uh, but we're all here because we believe it's a one. Uh, and that's that's the risk reward profile. Um because you require capital markets, you know, there's there's certain things that you just have to be mindful of. The, the market likes news flow. So you really need to set up a program where you're doing work uh, for much of the year as possible. You know, there's weather constraints, capital constraints, that sort of thing, um, so that you've got a constant flow of, of uh, news. My style, Rob, um, is one in which if we've got something to tell, um, you know, when we've got new news or, you know, showing progress, I like to get out there and, and say, yeah, this is what we're up to. This is what we're going to do and then go do it and then report back. Um, that actually doesn't work in junior exploration. Um, it seems like the market just wants to hear from you. They don't, silence is, can be deadly and, um, and they, want to, they want to hear from you. So it is a lot of this churning with, with you know, getting information out and engaging with, with the market. Um, last year, toward the end of last year, uh, which was just a month ago, um, talking to one of our larger shareholders who's purely invested in the junior exploration space. And he said to me, I guess his advice to me was, you can't run this thing like an Oceana Gold. You got to run this thing like a junior exploration company. And, and there's a certain way of, of doing that. Uh, and that's some of what I just mentioned. Uh, and and he's, he's, bang, he's bang on. Um, you know, I built up a very good relationship with investors at Oceana and credibility with the market. Um, you know, my style is to be open and transparent. That, I'll get, that's going to continue uh, with Matador. I just have to sort of fine tune it in terms of what the market wants to see from a junior exploration company. Uh, and then doing the right thing, you know, 
being able to explore the way I described it earlier in terms of a systematic approach to exploration, that's the right way of doing exploration. Um, sadly and unfortunately, again, the market is impatient to, to go through that process. So you got to sort of come up with uh, a happy balance. Uh, but to do it the way a major does uh, is challenging because you're capital constraint. But if you have the right shareholders who are there to support you like we do, that gives us a chance to do things the right way. So if anyone going into the junior exploration space is, is wondering these things, that's going to be my biggest recommendation to them. You know, hold off on professing that you've got the holy grail, okay? <laughs> Not everyone's got the holy grail. You know, most, most of the junior exploration companies don't actually end up surviving, especially in the environment today. But if you've got a good project and you deep down the side, you believe you've got a good project, um, you know, do the, you know, weigh the arms now and then, but make sure you're doing things in the right way and make sure you've got the right support to allow you to do things in the right way. I was just at Roundup last week. It feels like every company is saying the same thing. We don't all have the same thing, but we all sound the same. So the narrative has to change from that perspective as well. Uh, but that's now I'm going sort of deeper and bigger in terms of answering that question. Yeah, no worries. Um, do you think the market appreciates the mining industry and the, obviously the junior end of mining? Um, I often hear that there's obviously a big, uh, a big disconnect between obviously the majors um, and maybe the mid tiers, but also the junior miners. There's a big, big disconnect. Um, I just wonder if you what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I think, I mean, the mining industry has been around for a long time. Um, you know, depending on what commodities in favor, it's going to get the love. Um, you know, we saw copper running hot for a while, you know, still hanging in there. Not as hot as, as red hot as it was two years ago. Um, you know, lithium we talked about, and, and that's come back, crashing back down to earth. Uh, gold, from a gold price perspective, has been high, but the gold equities haven't been. Um, I think there's there's still a level of mistrust with investors, uh, and I'll just speak to to gold companies. Um, you went through that period from 2013 to 2018 where the biggest players in the industry were ha were writing down billions of dollars of of value uh, off their balance sheets, um, you know, because of poor decisions that were made, uh, bad acquisitions, you know, buying at the top and then writing it all down, uh, not executing, you know, not delivering to expectations. And it's it does come down to trust is being able to trust management and trust the team's ability to to deliver on expectations at the very minimum. Um, so if you look at some of the companies that have been around for a while that are still sort of considered market darlings, and the one I think of is Agnico Eagle, you know it's a company that has had a track record of delivering to expectations, and the market knows that this is mining. It's challenging. There's lots of risks, and there's going to be quarters where it just doesn't perform well, or even a year where it doesn't perform well. And it's it's being out in front, right? You know, to acknowledge that yeah, things aren't going well, and these are the risks. But these this these are the things that we're doing. Not a lot of companies do that, and so we need to get back into the good graces of of investors uh, as an industry. Um, you know, there's lots of challenges, external challenges that are coming from you know different um, you know different countries with respect to climate change and um, and ESG and energy transition. You know, mining companies actually do a really good job to manage their ESG uh, impacts. Uh, I think as an industry, we need to do a better job to communicate that um, to to win to win some of the younger generation that are really attuned to uh, to climate change and really attract them to the industry. Um, 
so I think, yeah, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Uh, and first and foremost, from an investment perspective, mining companies need, need to execute. And then when you look at uh, sort of how the larger companies and inter or intermediate companies have been running, there hasn't been a lot of money going into the junior exploration uh, part of their businesses. They don't have pipelines of exploration opportunities. It's an area that's been neglected because they're fixing balance sheets uh, and they're you know, focused on you know, running tighter ships with respect to existing operations. So that's the part that's been neglected. And I think the market's really missing that. Um, I wish I um, had a chart to show what the global reserves, let's say gold reserves, have been over the last decade and where it's forecasted to be. I'm, I'm pretty sure that it peaked back in 2011, 2012, and it's been on the way down uh, with respect to global gold reserves. And so how are you going to fill the pipeline? You know, you look at the majors, Newmont, Barrick, who produce you know, over a million, two million ounces of gold per year. How are they going to replace and replenish those ounces uh, with when their deposits get depleted? It comes down to expiration. So that's, that's I think, a great place for us because we, we can be sort of the farm system for a lot of these companies because we're putting dollars into expiration and looking for the next big deposits. And I think the market is missing that. I think they're missing the big part about the junior exploration space. Uh, the fact that a lot larger companies haven't put money into it and, and it's gonna come down to us and their interest in us. And as an example, I mean, B2 Gold is a strategic investor in Matador. Uh, you know, they, they recognize the importance of exploration and they're backing companies like us to, to make big discoveries. And um, obviously with the strategy of one day having that big discovery within their portfolio. What would you say are some of the uh, enablers for the industry uh, to return to favor? Yeah, well, it's some of the things I've mentioned here that, you know, you know, set your expectations properly, do proper planning, and then come out to the market with strong messaging. Uh, don't sugarcoat issues. Again, this is mining, things happen. And investors, they invest not just in, in the asset or the opportunity that the asset presents, and they also invest in the people that are running the, the business. And so that's, you know, a lot of trust needs to be forged there. The credibility needs to be there. And, um, and the only way to do that is, is to be transparent with owners of the business. You know, Robin, that's the one thing that to me in, the, in sort of 12 years of being in the mining industry that has been shocking to me. Uh, and I think the energy industry, the oil and gas industry, went through this pain prior to it, but have figured it out now, is that we work for shareholders, right? We're, we're custodians of their capital. So we need to respect that. We need to respect that it's their capital, hopefully our capital that we're putting it alongside, but it's respect of capital and respect that they're the owners of the business and we work for them. And, you know, taking that on board, then you've got to be transparent. You know, this is what we're doing. This is what we're looking to do. These are the risks that could impact our business, but these are the things we've got in place to mitigate for those risks, right? So first and foremost, Rob, big enabler is, is within us, is to be able to communicate more effectively, more transparently with the owners of the business. Second, which is a big one, is government needs to get out of our way, okay? We're all adults here, right? We're all adults here. And... You know, our, our reputations are on the line. Our credibility is on the line. And we all stakeholders, whether they're owners of the business or government um, regulator, 
they're all important stakeholders to us, and we should be engaging with all of them with, again, lots of transparency and, and frequentness as well, too, and build that trust and build that credibility. Um, but then illuminate the red tape. Uh, let's, you know, let's not hinder the, the progress of projects. You know, let's not make it challenging for, for companies to, who are putting their effort and, and other people's capital into it. Uh, let's not impact their ability to actually take something off the ground, you know, create a business, create jobs, create significant socioeconomic development. You know, don't stand in the way of that uh, with, with politics. Don't stand in the way with that with, stay in, stand in the way of that with, with red tape. Um, I don't know how many uh, deals we've seen this year alone that the regulator has said there's some sort of antitrust violation and, and is not approving it. And then the deal falls apart and the, and the company that's being acquired is then laying off you know, half the workforce or three quarters of the workforce. We've just seen that with Amazon and iRobot. I mean, these are the things that, that I'm talking about as well too. Like don't stand in the way of businesses moving forward because we're working hard there's capital involved here and there's significant employment opportunities that go to waste and there's significant socioeconomic benefits that go to waste as a result. What would you say are some of the key catalysts for the mining industry? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a cyclical business and so commodity pricing will dictate, you know, how, how things go um, with gold. I mean, right now it's, it's doing well. I think it's going to continue to go higher uh, with uh, once the Fed decide, U.S. Fed decides to um, to cut rates, uh, that's going to put pressure on the U.S. dollar, and that's always good for gold. Uh, we still have some headwinds uh, with respect to um, cost. I mean, not so much for the junior exploration um, side of things, but from a producer perspective, um, you know, the supply chain issues have eased, uh, but they they still exist, uh, especially with you know tankers getting attacked in in the Middle East. There is that risk of uh, you know tanker um, shipping and, and tanker availability and, and supply chain issues. Uh, costs are still high. I mean, inflation's you know whether we are are in denial or not, uh, inflation's still up there. And and you look at even the lower cost gold producers. I mean, low cost gold producer today would have been considered a high gold cost uh, producer only two years ago. So there has been some squeezing of margins as well, which is another reason why. Uh, investors have maybe stayed away from the gold equities, but we need to do a better job uh, to to lower costs. But the big catalyst is easing of those inflationary pressures, easing of the supply chain issues, uh, and those would be some key catalysts. Uh, and then, as I just mentioned in your previous question, we we need you know all stakeholders to sort of be on board. Um, you need you need mining to achieve some of the goals that come out of these climate change. Uh, summits that, that we hear about, these targets that are being set, which frankly are unrealistic. Um, nonetheless, they require mining to be able to actually enable it and, and move forward. And these things are, you know, getting getting these policies in place are key catalysts for us to move forward with the industry. Um, and lastly, just wondered if you can give us a, a, a quick um, snapshot or conclusion of uh, Matador Mining, what the outlook is for the next sort of six to 12 months. Yeah, so uh, you know, with uh, with Matador again, I feel like we've done a lot of the right things. Um, you know, you look at all the boxes that that I mentioned before that have been ticked. District scale land package. This is what every company should be looking for. Um, we've got um, the right team in place. We've got the land, the right rocks in, in the right jurisdiction. 
You look at all the troubles around the world. I mean, Newfoundland is Canada. And coming from Oceania, you know, with, with, with the jurisdictions that we were in, uh, Newfoundland is a premier destination. Um, the government is highly supportive of mining. Uh, they want mining, they want investment in the country, in the province, and, and they're welcoming and supporting all that, which is great. These are some of the enablers that I just talked about. So we've got that. As I mentioned, being in exploration, you need to have the right owners of the business. Uh, we just completed a capital raising in November. We raised uh, about $10 million, which, which was over 70% of our market cap in a market where there's no money for junior exploration companies. And now today, our, our top 12 shareholders are B2 Gold and Global Institutions. And collectively, they own 55% of, uh, of the uh, company. So that really positions us to, to do the right things, you know, use that systematic approach to exploration and, uh, and make big discoveries. Uh, we've put ourselves in a position, when I, when, if you recall, I mentioned, you know, con continuous news flow. We've put ourselves in a situation where we've got uh, a major exploration activities pretty much all year round. So we're on the cusp of starting a winter drill program. Uh, we've got the drill rig um, on site and uh, we expect that it'll start turning very soon. Uh, so that's uh, an immediate event that's that's going to happen. But we're going to be in a situation here where we're going to have this field work uh, pretty much all year round. Um, and we're we're an ASX issuer. We, we are looking for um, listing on the Toronto Stock Exchange as well too. Uh, I think that will be a big enabler um, as well because the Canadian investors, North American investors, understand Newfoundland. And um, and can't or choose not to own ASX stock. So this is an opportunity for them to get exposure to a company that has a tremendous um, asset base and significant shareholders, including B2 Gold. Sam, thank you very much for your time. Uh, appreciate you giving us an update on Matador Mining um, and also give us, a, I suppose, an insight to your thoughts around the junior, uh, junior exploration um, space. Um, if our audience wants to reach out to you, if they want to follow your story, follow Matterhorn Mining, um, how can they go about doing that? Um, obviously, you mentioned lots of news flow. Where can they access that? What social media channels are you on? Yeah, so we've got a website. Um, I'm not sure if you're going to list it, but uh, matadormining.com.au. We're still an Australian company, so you got that AU at the end of it. Uh, but we're we're very active actually in social media, so you can find us on LinkedIn, you can find us on Twitter, uh, you can join our email distribution list, and and you get our all all our uh, wonderful news releases, uh, and uh, and then we're constantly looking for other ways to engage with um, with with the investment community. Yeah, great tiering. Obviously, include those all in the uh, show notes the companies uh, podcast in in the show notes. So. Um, for easy access for any of our listeners that want to uh, obviously follow the story and ask you any questions that they've got any. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No worries. Okay. Sam, great speaking to you. Hope you can come on uh, later this year or next year and uh, give us an update on uh, on how you've uh, how you've um, how you've travelled during twenty twenty four. So either later this year or next year. All right. Look forward to that, Rob. Thanks for the opportunity. Always. Uh, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed that episode. As always, really appreciate your continued support. Please keep sharing these episodes far and wide. Um, like I said, not just people within our mining industry, but people outside of our mining industry. Um, so they get to understand what mining is all about. Um, so as always, appreciate your support. 
And until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.